Hi friends! Oh my goodness, the day is here. It has finally arrived. Launch day for Troll Tech Podcast. Guys, this thing is out in the wild now. <laughs> And I am so stinking thrilled. I am your host of this podcast, Liz Cox, and I could not be more thrilled that you are here with us today. If I could, I swear I would hug each of you so hard your heads would pop off. That was a little aggressive, but I mean it. I love you that much already. (laughs) Guys, you listening means that this podcast is real, and that is really crazy to me. But I'm telling you, this first episode, I couldn't dream of a better conversation to kick off this podcast. My conversation with our dear friend, Laura Casey, is a perfect intro into what we hope and pray is the heartbeat of this podcast. It's full of wisdom and stories and encouragement and just kind words exchanged from sister to sister. And we hope and pray that that is what this podcast feels like, that you're sitting down with your best friends over a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, talking about life and sharing just good talks about life and encouragement and all of those things. So if you're not familiar with Laura Casey, guys, <laughs> you're crazy, but I will, I will give you grace in that and just tell you who this <laughs> incredible woman is. And soon enough, you will realize your life was, was not complete until just now. <laughs> not only is Laura Casey an incredible friend of ours, but she is also a mom to three, a grateful wife, and a believer in the impossible. She is passionate about helping people get unstuck, unrushed, and living on purpose instead of by accident. To help with those things, she has created the power sheets, the write the word journals, and you might be familiar with her because she is the one who founded Southern Weddings Magazine over a decade ago. You can read more about all of her story in her two books, Make It Happen and Cultivate. Guys, I could go on and on and on about how incredible I think this woman is. And, you know, I'll just spare you. I'll spare you having to listen to my voice for that long. And instead, I'll tell you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with the amazing Laura Casey. Friend, thank you so much for doing this with us. I am so excited. (laughs) For our friends that don't know you... Tell us a little about yourself, your story, your family, all the fun things. <laughs> um, well, I have three wonderful children that I'm very grateful for. Um, as of last week, I have a two-year-old, a three-year-old. He just turned three. So I had two two-year-olds before. Um, and Grace is going to be seven soon. And I'm the CEO of a company called Cultivate What Matters. And we make the power sheets, intentional goal planner and Bible journals and tools to help women live on purpose. Um, I've been married to my husband, Ari, for 12 years, which is crazy. And um, yeah, I love gardening and I'm a very unlikely gardener. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Oh, so good. Okay, so tell Tell our friends, I know some of you are in Ari's story. Um, side note, I love your husband. I and I love you all together. You are so and sweet. also that now he's a blooming rapper. So for anyone that <laughs> <He> is <laughs> for anyone that has never seen Ari rap, please go follow Laura immediately after you listen to this and <laughs> watch her husband rap because it's the funniest thing in the whole world and you'll just He's hilarious. He's hilarious. hilarious. But yeah, tell us, tell us how you guys met because it's kind of, I think our friends will be a little surprised by your all story. So I would love to, I would love for you to share it if you're, if you're willing. Yeah, absolutely. So the short version of it is that um, we met at the gym when I used to be a personal trainer back in another lifetime. And um, he asked me for workout advice 
And um, at the time yeah, he was, yeah, he did <laughs> something like that. Um, at the time he was training with the Navy. Um, he was doing what's called flight surgery training, which doesn't mean like doing surgery on an airplane. It just means oh. that he was a doctor for pilots and helping them. Oh, cool. Um, and so he was in my hometown of Pensacola, Florida doing that. And I was uh, a personal trainer then. So we met there and we had a very fast courtship, if you can even call it that. So <laughs> um, some background for both of us is that I grew up in a home that didn't really go to church or like really didn't really have like a strong faith culture in our family. And mm-hmm. Ari, if you know the name, is probably um, very clear that he grew up Jewish. He is Jewish. Mm-hmm. And so we came into our dating relationship already having this big roadblock in front of us of ha- having two different faiths and two very different belief systems about mm-hmm. marriage within those faiths. Um, and so the odds were against us. <laughs> um, but um, we had a very fast courtship. We, in a very like typical sense, fell in love, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that lovey-dovey phase, the honeymoon period, as people call it, overshadowed mm-hmm. all of the deeper challenges that mm-hmm. we would definitely face later on in our yeah. relationship. But after five months of dating, we um, eloped in Las Vegas. Um, which uh, The other part of my story is that um, I'm the founder of Southern Weddings Magazine. So for me, having Southern Weddings um, and having this background story of Eloping mm. to Las Vegas seems like yes. a total disconnection, but it's actually a really beautiful story after this. Um, but it doesn't come without heartache. Mm. Yeah. So those challenges that we did not really see in the haze of being in love um, did come back to bite us. And mm. they bit hard. Um, mm. We ended up being like two ships passing in the night for the first at least three years of our marriage, mm-hmm. um, if not more than so that, hard. four or five years even. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very difficult, very, wow. very difficult. And at that time, my um, business was growing. Southern Weddings was, I had started it and it was yeah. taken off. And I really escaped to my work. Mm-hmm. And he also made this transition to to be um, a resident at the University of North Carolina at UNC, which is where we live now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more in between there, like his deployment to Iraq and all that good stuff. But the the short version is that he, um, we got to this point, both of us, where we just knew, like we knew we wanted to be together mm-hmm. and we knew the only way to be together was to let go of ourselves and to die mm-hmm. to ourselves. And of course, for me, from like, at the time, a very fledgling Christian perspective. I kind mm-hmm. of knew the concept of dying to myself, right. but I didn't really understand it until our marriage, um, yeah. until I really had to let go and mm. really like let God say what the right path forward was. Cause it, it was, it was dark. It was very yeah. bleak. Um, mm-hmm. And there was even one point where Ari said to me, and he, I had asked him to come to church with me a few times and mm-hmm. he was not about it. And <laughs> he, he said to me on a drive home, I will never forget this. Mm. Um, Laura, I will never believe in Jesus. Mm. Wow. And I don't know if anybody has ever felt this way when you hear words, but mm-hmm. you know, on the other side of it, there's actually a totally different meaning. Like when he yes. said that to me, I didn't feel de- defeated. I actually felt mm. like, Hmm. God is challenging his heart. Like, Lord, you're really working in him. Like you're offending him right now and something is happening. Yes. And so 
the impossible happened in our marriage. He actually mm-hmm. did become a believer, which is still a hundred percent crazy to me. Um, but that's God. Like he really yes. can take anything and turn it into something completely different. And there's so much more to the story. If I told you the rest of it, if y'all <laughs> heard the rest of it, you would, you would think it was even more crazy, mm-hmm. but I've seen him do that type of thing in so many people's lives and he's waiting to do it in all of our lives. Yes. So, um, that's the short version of how we met and our marriage obviously transformed after that. And it wasn't like it was all sunshine and halos and roses, but we now have a shared place from which to draw hope from and Mm. a shared place from which to exist in the craziness of having three kids and having two very busy lives and two busy, you know, businesses that we work for and with. Um, Now we have an anchor. So it's not Mm -hmm. that we lost the challenges. We did lose a lot of the challenges, Mm -hmm. but um, we now have an anchor. Mm. That's so good. Oh, thank you, friend. I'm like, and we're done. No. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. (laughs) And we're done. Thank you and good night. Um, No, gosh. That's that's incredible. I feel like I could ask you 5,000 questions about that. But okay, so our friends listening probably know about you through Southern Weddings and they yeah. do cultivate right now. So tell yep. me in relation to, you know, just you were walking through all of this in the midst of the newlywed phase and then growing through that and how cultivate has come out of just the hard work, hard work stuff too out of Southern mm-hmm. Weddings. How how has all of that blended together for you all both in business and how is your relationship with Ari and your family, you know, it's just been a melting pot. It feels like because both brands and businesses are such heart centered businesses. And so it's, I think it was inevitable. Yeah. Kind of, kind of speak to that, if you will, if that, does that make sense? Are you does. (laughs) I'm like, that might've been all over the place. Um, (laughs) No, it it makes perfect sense to me. I think it's the best question you could ask because Mm -hmm. it's, it's started. I mean, I honestly can't really pinpoint a real starting point, but the point where I started to notice it Mm -hmm. was around the time that our marriage came back together, I started to, and my faith grew in that time and already Mm -hmm. had this fledgling new faith Mm. I mean, when you witness God transform someone, mm-hmm. it really opens your eyes to the possibilities in life. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be you necessarily. Mm-hmm. It could be you looking in on someone else's life. Mm. Um, but when you see it and you like feel it, it's like this palpable sense of the impossible actually is possible. Mm. And that's yeah. what I walked into my office with from then on mm-hmm. is just this wow, if God can do that, then anything's possible. Anything's possible. And when I say anything, I used to believe that the anything should be like numbers or, Mm. you know, like business growing, whatever it was. But for me at that moment, it changed. It was now about what we call the profit of people, which Mm. is like you said about it's a heart centered business, but Mm -hmm. really it is like we really believe in the power of one and Mm. how, even just one, a one-to-one relationship with someone can change the world. Yeah. And so that heartbeat um, began to like permeate through all we did with Southern Weddings. Mm-hmm. And that was the year that we released our fifth anniversary issue, which mm-hmm. um, was one of my very favorite issues because of the theme of that issue was love never fails. Mm. 
And, you know, for us as believers, we know that it's not human love never fails. It's God's love never fails. Human love is always going to fail, but we have an anchor. All of us do. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't have it, you can have it. Mm -hmm. Have this steadfast, unfailing, unwavering God in your life. Yeah. So that's what the heartbeat of that issue was and what we started to teach within the realm of marriage. And you know, having said this, just for behind the scenes for listeners listening, it's like we we don't profess Southern Weddings to be a Christian wedding magazine. We operate right. from that heart. Right. <clears throat> but it's not like we were sharing scripture in this or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But our heart was to teach people that there was a way for imperfect people to come together with an imperfect story and make something beautiful with it. Mm. And it wasn't about the wedding day. It was about a meaningful beginning to married life. Mm. Yes. And that brought with it all the imperfections and all the stuff. Cause I was living that at the time. I was right. like, this, this is beautiful. It's messy. It's like hard yeah. It's work. And it's so fruitful in that. So um, that was our fifth anniversary issue. And out of that, a lot of things started to change and grow. Mm -hmm. So one thing that happened was um, we were approached by Southern Living Magazine. They had seen that particular issue. And they'd seen, if you're a Southern Weddings fan, you'll know this spread. It was the issue that had the pie shoot in it, where we had all of like the top Southern pies and we Mm -hmm. styled them up and all that good stuff. And they saw that and um, their editor-in-chief was really intrigued. And so we ended up forming a partnership with Southern Living to provide wedding content to them, which was just such a neat yeah, that's so cool. eye-opening thing for us to look inside what a corporate business looked like compared mm-hmm. to us, yeah. which at the time was like five ladies in my house. <laughs> and it made us grateful. That's what it yeah. did. It didn't make us think like, oh, I wish I had what Southern Living had. Mm-hmm. It made us feel like, wow, guys, we have the ability to ha- come up with an idea and make a decision and do it that day. Like hmm. we don't have to go through any red tape. We can just make magic happen. That's such like a benefit to what you do too, Liz, is that mm. y'all can come up with something and, and just do you it. Have the freedom to do it. Right. Yes. We say that all the time. We're like, yeah. we get to do what we want to do. And it's amazing. It what is a amazing. gift. Yes. And out of that, we decided to make a print. We had never done prints before or anything like a shop before. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We made a print that was Love Never Fails to go along with that issue. Yep. Remember <laughs> it? We thought to ourselves, you know, we put out this annual magazine. Once a year it comes out. Mm-hmm. But when we think about the profit of people, this was not in any realm a financial decision. Right. Um, we think about the profit of people. How can we affect their lives more? How can we get in their homes get in their homes thoughts in their hands more than just Mm. once a year and so we thought well we make something else to (laughs) send to them we start a shop (laughs) however you do that um figure it out google search figure it out well that's kind of what we did (laughs) welcome to my life welcome to my life i mean this was well before and this is not that long ago but it was well before this boom of everybody has a shop right my friend Lindsay share bondy had a shop at the time and that was probably it yep Um, um, my friend Emily Lay like had just started her shop and that was yeah. it. So we were kind of paving new waters here. I think we started on a platform called Big Cartel and we had this one print, we had one more print and I put out um, a handwriting piece that I had done that says, yes. you know, all those things you've always <laughs> wanted to do, you should go do them. Yeah. Um, and I made that into a print. And so we we called this the Laura Casey shop because it was my handwriting. Mm-hmm. So what else do we yeah. call it? Yeah, made sense. 
yeah, it made sense at the time. Yeah, Until totally. this started to really grow and we put out the first version of the power sheets mm-hmm. and we started to want to tell not just my story, but other women's stories mm-hmm. of how they were growing good things in their lives. How were they doing it? What were yes. the tactical things they were doing? How were they achieving intentional goals? Mm-hmm. And so there was so some tension, like it doesn't yeah. seem right to have this company that really grew into a company mm-hmm. within the span of a year and a half um, be called the Laura Casey shop because we weren't really just about being a shop. It wasn't about me. So the answer to the how did Cultivate What Matters come up is, well, we need to be able to tell other women's stories. So mm-hmm. what do we call this thing? Let's just rename it. Yeah. And so we went through you know, the long brainstorm list of all the things. And we thought, well, what we're really wanting to help women do is to cultivate what matters little by little, right where they are with what they have. Mm. I remember like the day we announced it and just feeling like this fits, this fits, this fits like a, a really good sweater, you know? Yep. No, I remember you all announcing it and being like, oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. That'll do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Feels right. Yeah. Feels right. And it's like, everything was fine. Like even the Laura Casey shop was making money. It was growing mm-hmm. but sometimes you have to stop and say how can we affect more people like yes. what what's that sacrifice going to take and mm. what can you do differently mm-hmm. so that's how it all came together yeah crazy 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 and then in case people aren't aware southern weddings you guys have kind of said we love you it's been a good ride been a good mm-hmm. fight and so kind of kind of talk us through yeah um how that happened because i'm sure people are curious yes. about that Absolutely. So um, our the Cultivate side of things has just grown exponentially and yeah. Southern Weddings right alongside it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those that may not know, it's at least currently right now, it's 10 women and me and mm-hmm. it includes me. Half of us work here in my house. We've worked through, out of my house forever, um, for the last 12 years. The other half works remotely wherever they're located in various states. Mm-hmm. But there are only, and at the, at really at the, t- the time, the crux of this, there were seven of us maximum, I think. One, two were part-time, and so five full-time people and two part-time mm-hmm. running both Cultivate What Matters, which turned into this animal, yeah, and Southern Weddings, which inherently is an animal. And so we came to this point of, well, we, we're feeling it. Like, we can't mm-hmm. grow both of these things well. We can't right. do it all. Yep. And so we went through a period of a year and a half of almost – daily hourly conversations and like on my knees prayer like god mm-hmm. what do you want me to do with this southern weddings is good like mm-hmm. it has yeah. changed marriages like not by our power but by yours yeah like what i can't let go of that you know like this is we worked so hard on this and it's it's good but you know that's the the awesome thing about god is mm-hmm. it's not about the things that we want he has much better plans and we might not even realize what those are but we just have to be obedient moment to mm-hmm. moment yes. and so um it just started to become clear that we were going to have to retire southern weddings mm-hmm. um because we didn't there's a lot more to this but we didn't want to just sell it to anybody we've had yeah. lots of offers mm-hmm. um but we just feel like we completed the work we were given to do. The body mm-hmm. of content has integrity as it is. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know what the Lord's plans are for us in the future or if we'll ever sell in the future or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at this time, we feel like it's there. We're not going to shut the website down. You know? Right. Um, it's still a great resource for people. 
Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, but yeah, we had to make the decision to choose one. And that is a very difficult thing to do to let go of something good, especially yeah. to let go of something that's profitable that affects people's lives. Right. But sometimes you have to make room with one thing and say no to one thing in order to say yes to the potential that lies ahead. And we felt like we could affect women's lives in various seasons and stages of life, not just mm-hmm. through weddings, if we were to do that. And the flip side of this is I didn't want to hire a whole new team or like right. run two right. businesses. For me as a mom and stepping into a season of homeschooling and mm-hmm. I had other priorities that totally. I said I needed to focus on. So that's the long answer. But yeah, that's where we've landed. I love it. I love it. Well, and I feel like too with Cultivate, you all are able to still live out the mission of Southern Weddings and and yes. pushing forward the mission of meaningful marriages and mm-hmm. building them on foundations of love never fails and, and yes. all that good stuff, which is so sweet. So it's not like you're losing um, so much of what you had created through Southern right. Weddings, which is the beauty of it. It's funny too, because for those that don't know, Southern Weddings is how Laura and I met <laughs> and became yes. good friends. And one of our sweet former twirl girls is on her staff for yes. Southern Weddings and Cultivate for what? I mean, it's <laughs> She's going on, what, a year and a half? Yeah, maybe? a year and a half. Yep. Crazy. So shout out to Kaylee. We love you. <laughs> but yeah, so it. I remember I I had heard, you know, Southern Weddings was maybe on the outs and – well, for you all, for you all retiring it. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I can't I can't imagine a world without it, especially being, mm-hmm. being in, mm-hmm. in the industry. Because it's – I mean, it was huge for us as – as vendors and just just people in the industry, it was such a and still is. I mean, you can still get all the all the goods, but yep. uh, it's just such a te- like. If anyone says like, "What should I look to when it comes to wedding planning mm. or advice?" We're like, "Oh, Southern Weddings and get all of That's the things." Very kind of you. <laughs> That's nice. No, and yeah. really, it's been. I think there's it's it's hard. Like it's hard to let go of something good. Totally. You know, I, I miss it. There's a lot of times I miss it. And I think, man, I wish we were doing photo shoots right now. You know, oh, like I miss yeah. I miss combing through images. I miss seeing like the wedding day joy and all that stuff. Right. But then we just transfer that, like you said, to totally. cultivate. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the hardest part is the fact that we didn't do this on our own. Like we mm-hmm. did it with people like you. It it truly was a grassroots community. Totally. Um, collaborate. I mean, mm-hmm. all of it. It all was it, yeah. relationships, is what it was. Exactly. And so that part, I think, is the most bittersweet for us. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I mean, we still have those relationships, of course, but right. just not getting to create with those same people and hear from them and hear about their lives as much as we did before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the sad part, you know. Yeah. There's always sacrifices, but totally. we are just hoping that this will open up, and it already has space for us. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So, well, kind of talking business stuff um, and encouraging marriages, because obviously the hope for this podcast is that it would be, I mean, primarily for women in engagement or are in that newlywed stage, or they may have been married for five years and are still yep. looking for whatever. Tell me some, tell me some things that have been helpful that you have found goal setting obviously is a huge mm-hmm. part of what you all promote with cultivate which has been a game changer for me i mean that's something no matter what season of life you're in that that is right. so rewarding and can bear such sweet fruit talk to me about how you have seen it play out well um or kind of even like 
tangible, tactical things that you could advise people when it comes to what would goal setting look like to do it well in engagement or in that yeah. those first couple of years of marriage or in your your growing family. Tell me mm-hmm. anything that comes to you um, when you yeah, hear that. Yeah, I really only have like one question and that is to ask yourself, where do you want to be when you're 80? Mm-hmm. And favorite. I think that the thing that's needed most in the engagement period is perspective because mm-hmm. it's this mm-hmm. weird microcosm of a world, which I'm sure if you're listening, you're probably feeling it. Like mm-hmm. there are new financial pressures that you have right now, but you likely won't have for the rest of your life. There are relational pressures. There's like societal pressure, so many things Mm -hmm. that could potentially come in and try to uh, keep you from seeing the big picture. Mm -hmm. But there is a way out. Um, That way out is, I mean, to give a blanket answer, it's God. It is like having Mm -hmm. a big eternal perspective on, is this really going to matter in the really big picture? Mm -hmm. But if you want to break it down a little bit more, just say like, where do I want to be when I'm 80? Like when I think about the end of my days or like, you know, growing old with my husband, which if you're like me, that's very difficult for me to think about. I don't want to think about us being old. (laughs) (laughs) But if I just imagine the things that are going to be important to me at that stage of my life and the things that are not going to be important to me, that does affect the decisions I'm making right now. So if you're listening and you're feeling like, I just don't know what to do with table seating. Um, (laughs) It's not to say that that doesn't matter. It does. Um, It's not like, all of the details and logistics on a wedding day don't hold value. They, they mm-hmm. can. And when I say they can, I mean they can in the way of if it allows you to love people well, it's a good investment of time. Mm, that's so wise. But when you step over into the lines of feeling like you're going to fail or mm-hmm. you won't meet people's expectations or people will think less of you mm-hmm. or there's mm-hmm. just so much pressure that it's taking away from – your time with the Lord or time with your fiance on growing your relationship right where you are. Mm -hmm. When it starts to get too focused on that, just stop and just, just think like, imagine it. Mm. You're 80 years old. What's going to be important to you? Mm. And I've asked this question of thousands of women across the world for the last 10 years. And the answers I typically get are circled around relationships. What's going to matter to me when I'm 80 is, how much I affected the people in my life in a positive way, the mm-hmm. relationship I have with my you know, future kids, my, with my husband, the relationship we have with our church community. Mm-hmm. But what I do not hear is what's going to matter to me is how much money we spent on flowers or mm-hmm. you know, how much engagement I got on social media for X, Y, Z, whatever it yeah. is. Those yeah. things are not going to matter as much or like how much better my wedding was than hers, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest advice I can give you is to give yourself some perspective. And sometimes that also means very tactically stepping away from wedding planning for a hot minute. Yeah. Um, and I, we've got a, a gal in our office that's engaged right now and she did that. She just felt like completely overwhelmed by all the decisions. And she said, okay, just for one week, I'm not yeah. doing anything. Good for her. Good for her. Oh, yeah. it's so good. The world will not end if you don't wedding plan for a week. Right? Gosh. We tell our brides that all the time. We're like, hey. You, the world still runs round if you stop. If you stop, like, yeah, yes. you will still get married. You will, will still, still get, get married. married. And it will and be you know, fantastic. It's true. And the, I think the focus on the wedding day kind of gets a bad rap. But I think that now that I'm, you know, 12 years past the day we got married, we tell our wedding story all the time. 
Don't you love and that? it is, it is an important milestone in your life, but I will say the things that I don't talk about are the food we ate necessarily. Sorry, right. all the caterers out there. It's food is good. Maybe <laughs> that's like, important stop to you. Stop talking. Stop talking. I know. <laughs> I mean, it is good. Maybe, maybe if we would have had a different type of wedding, we could talk about it. But, um, <laughs> but what I do remember is like where we were and the place and the funny things that happened and <laughs> for us being off the strip in a chapel somewhere. <laughs> Um, there was no Elvis for the record. But... Oh, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. I, know. <laughs> I remember my dress and I'm not just saying that because we're talking here, but I do. I remember how I felt on that day and I mm. get this mental picture and I get to tell my kids about that. Mm. And they like Grace loves sitting and looking at my wedding album and seeing me in that dress. And, I love that. Um, so I'm just saying that there's a balance. It's not like all the wedding day details are not important. They can be. Just think about telling that story to your future kids, you know. Mm. And those things that you want to tell them about one day, those might be the important things. Mm. So again, I'm like, okay, and we're done. Great. I love your questions. <laughs> oh, good. Yay. Um, no, but that – gosh, that is so in line with what we – hope that when our brides are with us, that they do feel like there's a sweet connection that we can speak that kind of truth into their life Yeah. in the, in the hour that we're with us. Because of course, yes, we're there to help you find the perfect dress. And like you said, like you remember that. And we yeah. think, we think it's not just a dress. Like this is the dress you become a wife in and mm. that's a big deal. It's a big deal. That's a big, yeah. deal. It's um, a big deal. Yeah. And, and we want you to feel the most radiant possible, but we also want you to remember that it's, you're becoming a wife. It's not, Mm. you're just a bride one day, you know, having that long-term perspective is so key, is so Mm. key. And I'm saying that as a single gal, you know, like I, I have been blessed to, to have that ingrained in me early on, which has been really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I also think about the experience, like i did not have the like joy of being in a bridal salon like right, yours, but right. I do hear from lots of brides that um, the other things they remember are those experiences, right. like going to try on their dress for the mm-hmm. first time and being with sisters or mom or best friend or even by themselves, whatever. Right. But those types of things are the things that they remember and tell their kids about. Like mm-hmm. I, I imagine I probably would tell my kids about that. Just like, right. I remember the day I tried on this dress and I thought mm-hmm. about marrying my dad. And, uh. That's making me a little teary eyed over here. I know. You quit that. You quit that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. It's true. And those are the things that not only will you tell your kids about, but Lord willing, their kids about when you're 80. You know, it's just, that's the stuff. That's the good stuff of life. And mm, exactly. If you can go into wedding planning or even any, any season. Honestly, I mean, if you can, yeah. I, I would say having that perspective of where do I want to be when I'm 80 has carried me through singleness. Oh, it's going to make me weepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way that I don't know that anything else could. And yeah. because it's mixed with that hope of yes, exactly. this is what life can look like if I cultivate things well. Not to say, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm a good cultivator of my life, God will give me a husband. That's right. But it's this, and I'm not even trying to turn this on me, but I think there are listeners that will need to hear this too. Cultivating things well creates joy in the midst of whatever season you're in. Yes. You know, yes. it's that deep seated contentment when mm-hmm. I when I say joy, um, mm-hmm. not just circumstantial happiness, which also happens. Yeah. Um, 
but it is. It's that deep-seated joy, which I think, again, correlating to wedding planning, if you have that perspective, you're going to have that deep-seated joy because it, it's going to be stressful mm-hmm. um, in moments. But if you have that perspective laid as the foundation, there is. There's just this piece that that transcends it all, which I think is mm-hmm. totally what you were driving home, which I think is I love that. Sweet. I think you said it really well. It's mm-hmm. that type of perspective allows you to sit in the weight with things, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. waiting on a husband or right. waiting on – decisions to, you know, come to light, the right decision to come to light or waiting on the wedding day or waiting Mm -hmm. through the difficulties of, you know, family relational challenges through an engagement period, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. that kind of perspective is going to get you through. And just to say, it's not like it makes you apathetic. It just makes it clear what actually matters in it and it helps you navigate it well. Yeah, exactly. Amen. 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 There we go. (laughs) Amen. Amen. <laughs> church. Well, and that kind of leads into another question I have for you is what has been the hardest thing about marriage and what has been the greatest joy in marriage? And kind of what in that can you share with our listeners about how you press through the hard parts of the marriage and how you were able to fully celebrate those joyous parts? Yeah, it's funny. Ari and I were just talking a couple weeks ago about how Sometimes you can perceive that a couple is like the same personality type Mm. sometimes, but I honestly feel like it's true that opposites attract, like we're attracted to things that balance us out in many ways. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's almost inherent that most marriages, and I'm not speaking from like a statistical perspective, but from what what I have observed and from my own marriage. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really has taken us 12 years to start to learn each other. Mm-hmm. Like you think, you know, someone, but right. then you really get to know someone and we all change over time. Yes. And like Lord willing, like God really does change us in the best ways and exposes Absolutely. our weaknesses and our junk. And mm-hmm. yeah. So I feel like the hardest part of marriage is first of all, dying to yourself yeah. and um, really like loving your person as it's gonna sound weird, but like as a friend, mm, and no, not I love just that. saying like after many years of marriage, like you're here to serve me, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think both, mm-hmm. you know, m- m- husband and wife probably get into those modes where we just feel like, okay, it's your job to take up trash, and <laughs> it's my job to do this, and it's my right. job to do this. Yeah. Um, where you start to lose that transactional feel in marriage is when you really start to get curious about each other and mm-hmm. you start to think in a Christ-like perspective, which takes work. Like when I talk about the work of marriage, I'm sure people have heard that a million times, mm-hmm. um, but it is work. I mean, just think about it. It's work to have a hard conflict conversation with like a coworker maybe, or like a friend. Yeah. It's even harder in a marriage because it's much more important that you resolve it. Like with a coworker, a friend, hypothetically, you could just walk away and still have tension. Mm -hmm. But in a marriage, you live with the person. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So I You can do it, but it won't end well. It won't end well. And and you live with each other and so you know each other. Anyway, I could go on. The hope in this is that my encouragement for everybody listening is that little by little you can become the best team ever. Mm-hmm. And it has taken us three kids going through an adoption, going through heartache, going through loss, 
Mm-hmm. Going through all the hard stuff has always reaped the best fruit for us because it's made us mm-hmm. realize that we don't have to rely on ourselves. We have to rely on God together. Yeah. And so my other encouragement is pray together. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know everybody's faith background that's listening, but for us, honestly, I can't give you another answer. That's the glue that keeps us together mm-hmm. is that every night before we go to bed, we pray together. And it's not because we just woke up one day and said, hey, we should add this to our checklist of things to do today. It's because out of the necessity of knowing the dark place we were before, we know we have to rely on God. Mm -hmm. We have to bring things to him. Absolutely. And so that's um, been the most helpful. Mm -hmm. And it seems, you know, praying together seems like such a simple act because, you know, it somewhat is, but having that dedication to that rhythm, it's profound and powerful. It's profound. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. It's like, you think like when you get married, you've been as vulnerable as you can possibly be with Mm -hmm. your spouse. And maybe you're in an engagement where you already pray together, but, Mm -hmm. um, that's a really vulnerable place to be. So I will encourage anybody listening. That's like, I could never do that with my husband or he would never be into that. Um, just pray about it. Just Just try it. Just try it. I remember the first time I asked him was before he became a believer. I just felt like God was telling me like, you just need to do this. Um, and I didn't really know why, but I remember the first time I said, Hey, and I said this with like trembling, oh, I'm sure. I said, would it be okay if I prayed for my food? Huh. So I just felt like I couldn't go like another meal and not give thanks for the food. I could mm. do it in my head, but I just felt like I was hiding something. Right. And so I did. And over time, little by little by little, as he heard my relationship with God, I can only imagine that God might've used that. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, if you're feeling hesitant about it, it is the most vulnerable place you can be, but that is where the really good stuff of marriage happens. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's so good. Well, it's funny because one of your girls, Jordan, I just watched her wedding video yesterday. Aww. And, oh, well, because Kaylee texted me and was like, you yes. have to watch this. And she's like, I'm weeping and therefore I know you will too. And I was like, okay, thanks. Thanks for that. Aww. And I did, but it's sweet because I in her ceremony, it was like right at the end and the pastor said, you may see two people standing here, but really there are three mm, wow. because – because the Lord is here and is, you know, the center of their marriage. And I just think that's how God designed it. Yep. Yep. You know, so it is an intimate thing because you're combining this intimacy that you've had with the Lord by yourself mm-hmm. for, you know, however long, long or short period of time. And then you're all of a sudden you're you're letting someone else into that, which yep. feels scary, I'm sure, but God yeah. God designed marriage to be the closest form of intimacy we can have this side mm-hmm. of heaven. So it only yeah. makes sense that when you mold that together and allow each other into that through the simple, again, profound act of praying together, of course he's going to use that. Of course, yeah. you know, like, duh, <laughs> A yeah. plus B equals C. But you know, it does. It seems like such a simple equation, but then when that really becomes a rhythm in your life, when we pray just ourselves, there there's that profound mm-hmm. intimacy and glue between us and the Lord. So of course, of yes. course, it's going to be all that and more in a marriage too. Mm. Yes. So I'm with you, sister. I'm with you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. 
gosh, we're just plowing through my questions, but I feel like I could talk to you all day long. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what happens when you're real life friends and you're like, oh, wait, we That's have right. to like keep it down an hour for our friends. Um, oh, I just love it so much. Okay. Well, I didn't write this down, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If there, which you may just repeat stuff you've already said, and that's totally fine. Is there a piece of advice that you feel like you and Ari have received or you, you, it's like the constant word you give people in engagement or marriage? Mm-hmm. Like what would be your one big piece of advice that you would give someone in those seasons of life? Mm. That is a good question. Uh, I think – I think what Ari and I would both say collectively together is to, and like, as I'm about to say this, I realize that my ears might turn off if someone else said this to me. So just, <laughs> just you're bear with us. Try to take this with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Um, is to have biblical community around us. Mm, um, yeah. I think that the most marriage shifting things that have happened to us is when we were exposed to another couple in person who was doing it right. And it doesn't mean like perfect people, but it just means like the simple act of like asking the older couple in church, can we take you to dinner? Mm. And you don't even have to just ask like, Hey, tell me all your best marriage advice. Just be with them. Um, And I think that that's something that's been important in our church culture is for older couples to get with younger couples, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But be the initiator with that. Um, Don't wait for an older couple to come to you because I will guarantee you that couples that are in a mature stage of marriage who are like loving um, the idea of like marriage ministry, that type of couple is going to love it when you come up to them and say, can we take you to dinner? Mm -hmm. We just want an older couple in our life or it doesn't have to be that much older. I'm not talking like people in their seventies necessarily, Mm -hmm. but just someone who's like been around the block. Yeah. A couple Um, steps ahead. Yeah. I feel like that has been the most valuable thing is just for us to, be around people who are going to where we want to go and to have those relationships has allowed both me and Ari to have individual conversations with, for me, with the wives and for him with husbands to ask about really hard stuff. Like I can think of one couple in particular in our church where both Ari and I have had individual really hard conversations with them and that couple Mm. helped to get us through a difficult spot. Mm. That's amazing. So yeah, you just, you can't do marriage alone. We think right. we can. We're in a very like autonomous type of society, right. but yep. uh, don't let anybody tell you otherwise that you need people. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Those people need you too. So, so true. Yeah. Invest in a church community. There is no perfect church out there. Just find a church that believes and teaches the Bible mm-hmm. and get with people who are going to where you want to be. Mm. I love that. I love that so much. And I feel like everything we're talking about, like no matter what season you're in, because I I would say that has been, Mm -hmm. as a single woman, some of the greatest gift of my life has been community, both other singles, my my married friends, older married friends, all of them. Again, Mm -hmm. it is. It's being – and that's a scary thing to to say like, hey, I I need you in my life. And maybe you don't, maybe you don't say it quite like that. I don't know, but you know, there is, I don't know. Again, God, just as God designed marriage to be an intimate thing, he designed community to be an intimate thing too. And beautiful things happen when you open yourself to it. So, oh, I think that couldn't agree. Yeah. I think that's 
the most perfect advice you could have could have given. Absolutely. I love that. Thank you for that. So fun question. Our mantra at Twirl is she twirled through life with a heart full of joy. What is it for you that is the foundation of your joy? Hmm. I'm going to try to give a more specific answer. I think the foundation of my joy is knowing that I'm not in control. And on the flip side, I could say that in a different way. It's knowing that God is in control. Like he actually is. And I don't have to be, I'm on the magical Enneagram, I'm a type one, which means totally that I'm going to ask you what I, Enneagram was. <laughs> yeah, I, I most definitely identify with that, yes. like being an achiever and uh, a perfectionist, mm-hmm. like a fundamentally, just the way that I think I try to get things right. Mm-hmm. But with that, I can also hold very tightly to the reins yeah. and just feel like I have to fix all the problems. Mm-hmm. And where I found the most true joy, like lasting joy and freedom is by opening up my palms and just knowing that I actually don't have to make all the decisions. Mm-hmm. I can ask God. I, I have a source of wisdom. I have the Bible to give me direction. Wow. So, I mean, even right now I'm taking a deep breath. That makes me so grateful. Yeah, right? Gosh. <laughs> yes. Amen. Amen. I love that. Okay. And what does Ari know his number on the Enneagram? He's a seven, which is interesting given his profession. He is a free spirit and he totally is. And I will say that finding out his number explained so much to me about his personality and the the tensions in our marriage, honestly, because he doesn't do day planners. He doesn't do like (laughs) to-do lists or schedules, anything like that. He works at a hospital. Like he's like, obviously a very structured job, which is so weird, but it turns out there are a lot of people in his position that are also sevens. I don't really get it. Fascinating. Yeah, so um, it's very insightful. Well, when we were talking about something earlier, I can't even remember what it was, but I was like, oh, I want to know their Enneagram numbers. Yeah. I nerd out. I made him take the test, and I was delighted to get the response. Yeah. Because it just – I mean, really, for anybody listening, that Enneagram stuff is for real. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, and again – We've used it in our team, and it's been very helpful too. I'm everyone on my team. I was like, okay. I need to know what you are. And of course, like yep. most of us are twos. Shocker. But <laughs> yeah, most of our team is twos as well. Yeah. Yes. Jess and I have bonded over our um, yes. twoisms. But <laughs> oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I'm such a sucker for Enneagram. So I'm like giddy that it got brought up. But anyway, not to take away from what we were just talking about, but I love that. I love it. You brought it up. So I'm just going to dive into it. <laughs> I did. You did. I'm blaming you on that one. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Okay, friend. This was gosh. I just love you. I'm so grateful for you. I love you too. Thank you for all that you do. Oh, this was a joy. Goodness, goodness. Back at you. This is such a gift. Such a gift. And I know this conversation is gonna be such a blessing to everyone that listens to it. Mm. Um, and if they want to keep up with you, tell them how they can stay in touch and follow along, all that good stuff. Yes, you can find me at laracasey.com, which is L-A-R-A-C-A-S-E-Y.com, or at cultivatewhatmatters.com. I love it. And you you might have a book or two out. What are, what are those called if they want to know more of your story? Absolutely. My um, first book um, details a lot more of our marriage mm-hmm. story and the very beginnings of Southern Weddings. Yeah. And um, when I had my first baby, that is Make It Happen. And then the second book I released about a year ago, Mm -hmm. and that talks a little bit more about 
how I have learned um, about little by little progress Uh and also the story of Joshua and Sarah coming into our lives and letting go of a lot of things in life and business too. And that is Cultivate, a grace-filled guide to growing an intentional life. Mm. And they're amazing. I can testify. I've read both of them many times. I'm so glad you've been encouraged. That's oh, awesome. friend, you know, you know, I'm a number one fan over here. I love you. You are so kind. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> um, but seriously, friends, if you want to get to know Laura more, follow her, follow along with Cultivate, and get her books, friends. They will. If this is it, just a little teaser, a little appetizer. Um, this conversation today, you're going to love her book. So go read them, be encouraged. And Laura, thank you so much for taking your time to be with us. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course, of course. Guys, didn't I tell you? Did I not tell you? Aren't you so glad that you know who Laura Casey is now if you didn't already? (laughs) That woman is wise beyond her years and I could just sit at her feet and have her talk to me all day long. She is so wonderful and I'm so grateful for the opportunity for you all to be able to listen in on that conversation and, and I pray be really, really encouraged in whatever season of life you're in. I hope that if you take nothing else away from this conversation, that you will sit with yourself for just a moment or two and really ask yourself the question, where do I want to be when I'm 80 years old? Because I'm telling you, the answer to that can change the trajectory of your life. Friends, I hope you enjoyed this conversation and I hope that you'll stick around and continue to listen to the conversations we have for you in many episodes to come here on Swirl Talk Podcast. The best way to stay in the loop about when new podcasts are coming is subscribe. Yep, I know I sound like a cliche podcaster, but I'm serious. If you subscribe to the podcast and while you're there, please leave a rating and review so other people know that they can find us too. That's the best way to stay in the loop. You can also always follow us on social media at twirlex on Instagram or at twirltalkpodcast on Instagram. Or we'll always have show notes and everything on our website, which is www.twirlboutique.com slash blog. Guys, we love you so much. Seriously, thank you for joining in on this conversation, this episode, and life with the crazies here at Twirl. (laughs) Until next time, I'm your host, Liz Cox, and I hope you have a fantastic day. We love you guys.